everybody, it's Dave here and Darren over there. We are your two old bloggers, and we are here today to talk three topics that are near and dear to the Vikings' heart. The first one is the Underwear Olympics presently taking place in Indianapolis, the NFL Combine. We're watching the big round bellies running faster than some of the running backs today. Also, <laughs> we're going to go into, as requested, um, the interior line possible free agents, the ones that are up for free agents, and who we might like. And there are a few of them there. And to wrap it all up, we are going to look at our deep dive, deep thoughts on the Vikings running back room. Right after this. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, home of news and commentary for your Minnesota Vikings. As Drew said, let's rock. We are all still alive. The world has not come to an end yet. So let's talk some Vikings. But first, Darren, how are things in the great white frozen north? They're good, Dave. And as we start to really heat up with the NFL offseason, Vikings coaching staff all picked. Uh, underwear Olympics have started well on their way. Uh, yeah, let's talk some Vikings football, Vikings stuff. Absolutely. Well, let's get into it. Boom. We bring up our normal conversation mode right here. And we will start, as I scroll down, with the first topic of the day. You talked about the Underwear Olympics. It is the Scouting Combine. What have you gleaned so far? Unlike some of you football junkies, I have not been watching it. <laughs> just listening. Just, just the, you know, I don't know. I, I have a hard time getting excited about the 40-yard dashes and guys running around cones and all of that sort of thing. Um, but uh, I do enjoy listening you know, uh, to other people who are there and, and following it pretty closely and seeing what they're picking up. And, uh, the, and particularly when it comes to the Vikings – uh, and and who they uh, the players that that are uh, attending the combine and that the Vikings have visited with and we are hearing a few names that they have uh, been visiting with not a whole lot of names the last I saw was about five guys and uh, I found it was kind of a it was an interesting uh, list of five guys um, and uh, because they've you got them up there right now we got. Uh, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, the wide receiver. The two quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis. We got the right guard, Cole Strange from Tennessee Chattanooga. And then Travis Jones from Yukon, uh, Chuck Falconeri, alma mater. <laughs> uh, and uh, and what, what, what I thought was interesting about those five dudes that the Vikings have, uh, have reportedly uh, visited Interviewed. with is that yeah. if you look, yeah, interviewed. If if you, for me, the the Vikings off season uh, needs would go in this order. Maybe not this. Everybody could have would be cornerback, linebacker, interior offensive line, uh, safety, edge rusher, and you, know, you could look at potentially depending on what happens with Kirk Cousins backs in there too. But but. Uh, Although uh, only uh, most of those positions, the Vikings have not interviewed player, visited with players who play those positions. So, and that and have been reported yet. Hold on. Yeah, you know, that's every right. Year, that's every right. year we go up, and right before the draft, I'll gather everybody that's been, um, what is it? Uh, I want to say Pop Warner, but I don't think that's it. But it may be Pop Warner Sports gives a list of there who's been interviewed. We have people that track who the beat writers, who are they reporting that we've interviewed, who we've seen at the Senior Bowl, at the um, East-West Shrine Game, here, Combine and stuff. Because always in the past, out of that list, a good percentage of them get selected. 
So we do care about who the Vikings have actually interviewed. And I'm sure the way this whole system works is uh, while they're in Indy, the team say, I want to talk to these guys. And each day there's a section of time set out where these guys bounce from hotel room to hotel room to hotel room or suites because each team has their own suite, right, to whatever it is. And they get directed, all right, now it's your turn to go talk with the Vikings. And player X, knock, 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 you know. I'm here. What do you want to talk about? And they get hammered with questions. Um, But this bunch that you picked out is interesting. One, Malik Willis. Uh, Two, you've got that other quarterback from Cincy there. Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, which I don't know is better than Mond or not. But, hey, they can can interview everybody. You know, I'm all for it. And you've got guys, you've got a guard, you've got a wide receiver, speedy one, right, Drew? Drew and I were talking before the show on how fast this wide receiver group is. And burners would definitely help because we don't have any real burners. We got great wide receivers, but nothing that's, you know, Zing, and he's gone type deal. Um, I don't know that Kirk Cousins would throw to him anyways, but that's a different story. (laughs) Um, But this is interesting because this is showing you a little bit of what Kwesi and Kevin are looking for, that they're interested in these guys. So it's interesting. TD hands, pick it. (laughs) Does he drop? Yeah. Um, Okay. I could answer that, Lauren. I think so. Eight and a, I had when I heard eight and a half, I had to measure mine. Mine are much larger than that. It's uh, eight and a half is awful hard. Uh, can he play football? Yes. Does it increase the likelihood of fumbles? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I think the NFL ball is bigger, but I even had to look that up. Depends on the inflation level. They could be about the same, um, but I think he drops. But that's just me. Well, there's a, still a lot of teams that are in need of a QB this year, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Pickett is right now is uh, was going into the draft was considered uh, by a lot of people that I've seen uh, as as the either the top or the second best QB available. Which means somebody is going to pick him. Uh, I think him. in the first round, in the first round, and uh, will it be in the top ten? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised when you look at a team like Carolina and others who are who are uh, QB needy. And uh, as um, Drew says there in the comments, uh, Ritter has had a great had a great combine. Uh, and that's really going to improve his stock because I know there's a lot of questions about him, competition he's faced in the past, and some inconsistencies in his game that we're seeing, particularly this year when he got a lot of uh, press and coverage because of uh, Cincinnati having such a great year and Ritter being the quarterback on that team and leading a, a pretty potent offense. So there's been a lot of eyes on him. Um, still, uh, you know, an interesting list of these five guys. As you mentioned, the Vikings will will, will visit and interview a lot of players uh, over the next, you know, leading up to the, the draft, and I have visited with ones at the Senior Bowl, which has already occurred. Uh, but again, uh, interesting that even though that they, so as far as we know, they haven't visited with any linebackers or corners, which I think is a pretty. Maybe they'll do that later on in the week. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke and mirrors well, at this have- time. Do you, you know, you know, are you if, if you visit with somebody, are you tipping your hand uh, and uh, then uh, creating the chance that a team that's drafting ahead of you can use that as uh, the fact that you visited somebody as leverage and try to uh, uh, entice you into you. making a move, you know, you know, maneuver you or get you to make a trade that maybe you would you'd rather not make uh, or force you to trade up. We don't know, but uh, the, the fact that Ritter and Willis are there, that's interesting, of course, because of the QB situation. Uh, really, uh, are the, we, the O'Connell and Kwesi Adolfo-Mensa talked the past couple of weeks about, and the other off uh, coordinators that were uh, unveiled to the, the team last week about getting to know your roster. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't have much time to do it, 
but as they look at that roster, have they determined, despite all the nice things they've said about Cousins, that are they, you know, is this a signal somehow that uh, they're sure maybe they're going to stick with Cousins this year, but only this year, in which in which case they need a viable option for uh, 2023 and do they consider using number 12 to pick somebody like Ritter or Willis at that spot? Because you aren't probably aren't going to get those guys in the second round. Um, and certainly probably not at the, in the second round where the Vikings are going to select. So that's, a, so that's an interesting, uh, I was a couple of guys that they've. I was listening to one of the podcasts. I want to say it was PFF for the first time ever or first time this season. In one of their mock drafts, they had five quarterbacks going in the first round. And this is supposed to be a quarterback week class. Yep. And uh, and it's just, we know quarterbacks get overvalued and pumped up. That's normal. But the fact that it's a weak class, yet they showed five going because there's five teams that could be, hey, I'm taking a quarterback. That's pretty something. And we've had weak classes before that turned out to be have some great quarterbacks in them. Um, the one with yep. uh, Mahomes, for one, was considered a weak class. And it's you, – you never – there's the, the gamble, the crapshoot of how well it actually does turn out. Do you get a guy that's still developing or you look at a guy that's already polished and, you know, can he develop more? You don't know – you. We don't know until we see them with NFL footballs with behind NFL players, and this goes for all positions. This guy could have been a stud, and most of them are an absolute stud from peewee football on up through college, and then they get to the NFL level, and suddenly they're playing guys that are bigger, stronger, faster, and better than they are, and it's all in how with how they deal with it. Do they continue to grow and meet that level, or do they stay at whatever present level they are and even wash out? So we'll find out. Yeah, and uh, the the other thing with visiting with these, you know, Willis and Ritter, the the other side of the coin is that the uh, the Vikings could be doing that gamesmanship on their end mm-hmm. and and getting somebody uh, who's interested in those who are dra- who are drafting after the Vikings to trade with the Vikings at number twelve, and then we get uh, recoup maybe that number that fourth rounder that we traded for Herndon or uh, you yeah. know, plus plus some other yeah, assets plus, you know yeah. some some other assets right uh, so there, there's that aspect to it too but uh, it does make at least me think about the whole uh, possibility of the Vikings. Uh, neither of these guys, I think, would uh, – well, maybe Ritter, certainly Ritter more than – if you're picking Willis, unlikely he's going to start in year one. He needs a lot of, I think, development. Uh, Ritter, more polished, but I think there would be questions about whether it would be wise to start him in year one too. You know, maybe the Vikings, are, as they would, do due diligence on all of these QBs that they think could be with – there at 12 and that they'd actually really seriously consider picking uh, the one of these dudes at 12 and let cousins play this year and then let him walk and then they've got like the the Culpepper situation in, in 2000 where he's had a year to sit on the bench soak it all in and then you know starts the next year I don't know uh, Traylon Burks was interesting because I was looking up all of the the visits on WalterFootball.com. Mm-hmm. They had Walter, a list of, of all the yeah. They had a list of all the the players that had been visiting at the combine, and I think Burks was on every team. <laughs> he visited. He was a busy boy this week. Uh, I think he, he's had a mixed combine. I saw some uh, uh, rave reviews and some not no rave, uh, some not so rave reviews about him. I think he he ran. When they talk about fast 40 times, he was one of the guys who did not run a particularly fast one, wasn't it in the four fives, four fives or something like that. But, but a strong, a very strong wide receiver class. It looks, as you mentioned, David and uh, Burks is considered one of the top guys in that class. And uh, maybe this is a, again, them looking at him, kicking tires on him. Is that um, an indication that Adam Thielen, who could is a potential cap casualty is I don't think wide receiver is a need right now, but if you let go uh, Adam Thielen, I think it certainly rises up the mm-hmm. charts. It sure does. And uh, and when you talk about uh, Burks not having a particularly good one, he may be holding back 
I learned today listening to one of the deals that uh, um, Digsy, right there. Um, yeah. For those that can't see, it's one of my pieces of artwork right back there. You can see uh, Digsy. Digsy held back at the combine and didn't show everything. Now, you got to remember, these guys got pro days, too, which yes. um, during the pro days, they're going to be more likely to show what they can do. Um, one, because they're with players they're used to and have chemistry with. That goes a lot for the quarterbacks. Um, but it also goes for the wide receivers. And then they're, they're going to want to show off the schools. So if... Burks had a four or five at combine at the Ohio State Pro Day. He might run a four three and just go, see, I can run a four three. Now people go, well, that's a different track, it's different, blah, blah, blah. But it's still when you're looking at people that are doing the evaluations, they're gonna take that and go, mm-hmm. Right? They're not gonna discount that. Maybe like we might. They're gonna say, Dude's fast. He's the real deal. Yep. He can catch the football. He's high on our draft board. Um, yeah, I've seen uh, the Debo magic. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard the same thing. I'd heard him uh, uh, yeah, like a AJ Brown uh, comparisons with the, the, the Titans. Who's a if you can get a guy who comes in as in his rookie like Brown did and perform like that, you're doing pretty well. But again, another interesting visit for the Vikings, just because again, if Thielen's back, you wouldn't really consider. Even though I think this is Thielen, if he, I believe he's going to stay, and I think this this will be Thielen's last year with the Vikings. So you'd need somebody to step up after in 2023, and maybe that's Burks. But I don't think that. Uh, but still, very well, interesting it could, that Burks it could be- was. Ozzy Osbourne, KJ yeah, Osbourne. That's I, right. That's right. And I could see feel. I could see Adam taking a discount, cutting his pay because I think he's going to get pro- approached that way, and then just to stay in the sort of like the Fitzgerald role where he's the senior statesman, he's the good possession receiver, he's the wide receiver three, and uh, and that'd be a benefit to the Vikings. But it's going to depend how Quasey and Kevin deal with how they're going to free up space money-wise to get other things that they need to build this team up to go in the vision that they want to go. So that's that's right. Uh, but to, I guess keep an eye on Burks and maybe some of the other wide receivers too. As I said, it's a deep crop. That Visiting Burks doesn't mean that the – that the Vikings are really interested in them. Again, it could be a smoke screen. They could be doing it for what, you know, to mm-hmm. throw off the scent to a wide receiver that they actually are targeting and maybe a little bit uh, in, in later rounds of the NFL draft. But, uh, you and, know, some financial we'll what- player decisions are going to be made here in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, Phelan might be one to watch for if we're looking for wide receivers at the combine. Next couple of weeks, we have a little over 10 days. The new league year starts March 16th. Today is the 5th. They've got to be under the cap by March 16th. So there's going to be a lot of decisions made here in the next 10 days or so. A lot of work to be done, yes. Which brings us to free agency. What also starts on that new league year is free agency. And uh, today... It was requested by Rydell Viking, uh, one of our UK viewers, that we focus on interior offensive line free agents. So that's what, what here we go. Doing. We let's, are, and we let's first we start had gone off with over. Our guys. Yep. We had uh, gone over the offensive line in our positional uh, deep dives a few weeks ago. And uh, my opinion was that I think that the Vikings are set at three of the positions right now. Uh, and that's Brian O'Neill at right tackle, uh, Christian Derisaw at left tackle, and Ezra Cleveland at left guard. Where the, the question marks are, are at center with is Garrett Bradbury going to be the guy? And at right guard, uh, I don't think Oliudo was the guy. 
Uh, we'd like, I think you and I, uh, Dave, would like Wyatt Davis to be the guy, but we if don't he, know much about if him. He because, steps up to that, yes. Right. We we don't know much about the guy because he never didn't get a sniff of the field as a rookie, and uh, you know we'd heard about weight problem issues and and all of that. Uh, so, the, the, are the Vikings can they address it in free agency? Yes, uh, but the first off is they as we talked about earlier, you're going to, they're going to have to do a lot of work uh, with the salary cap situation. They will get under the cap and they always do. And Rob Brzezinski and Kwesi Adolfo Menso will, will get that done. They don't have a choice. Uh, how, how, yeah. They don't have a choice. Uh, and they always seem to be in the past. Brzezinski has always seemed to be able to get us well under the cap uh, with money to spend at least on, on some priority free agents. Right. The past few years has been a little bit less than others, but that's not always a bad thing because I think a lot of times free agency is really a lot of fool's gold out there. And that uh, it can if, be. If you, I think that if you're, if you're trying to sign five or six uh, high price free agents, you haven't done a very good job with your, you know, with your roster and uh, you're always picking up. Usually you're picking up guys that other teams, uh, even despite their reputation, uh, the teams were actually willingly let them, well, sort of willingly let them let go them walk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so for the Vikings to address it, uh, they've, they, first off, they're going to have to do some work with the salary cap. I think there are two ways for them to go about this is perhaps Cam and Kevin O'Connell have decided that they're going in with cousins this year. And they, so they, they, they feel that they, in order to do that, they're going to try to give cousins the best offensive line he's ever had as a Viking. In which case, I think then they might really consider, if they can get under the cap sufficiently enough, of going after a center and a right guard in free agency to shore up and get some uh, you know, pretty uh, mm-hmm. established starters there that you know what kind of uh, – you're pretty confident about the kind of play you're going to get at the NFL level from them. And, and that will supplement what I think in the other three positions are pretty solid guys. Right. Um, and, and then, you know, then you've got the three guys that we already mentioned, Darisaw, O'Neill, and, and Cleveland can give you a pretty good play, plop in a couple of plug-and-play starters with free agency, and, you know, we're cooking with gas with the offensive line, and hopefully that, that they're going to play at a level where his cousins doesn't get pressured very much, and he's got all day to pick and choose and, and throw it. In which case, um, like the so – the, that free agent guys, there's a lot of names out there, but really the one that pops up up open right away is Ryan Jensen, right? Uh, probably the, the top center on the on the free agent board right now. Uh, played with Tampa Super Bowl winner with Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't. I'm still not convinced that the Vikings are ready to move on from Garrett Bradbury as, as bad as he is has, has looked a lot of times. But Jensen would be. Uh, Despite along the fact that he's a, I think you know a very good center, a very good player, um, you know he's a mean, nasty guy out there. I think that he could really add uh, a bit of bite and an attitude to this offensive line that I think has it's been lacking a bit of an, an edge, a hard nosed yeah. attitude, and they could use that. So uh, he'd be a guy that you know, I'd love the Vikings to look at. The only thing is, is that I've seen projections that. He's probably a guy that's going to get ten million a year on average uh, in in this free agency period, and I just don't. I've know got a slide for that, are gonna, but we'll get to that uh, momentarily. And I don't just I don't don't know if the Vikings are going to go there at a center at that price. Okay, um, but I get Jensen is a guy who's appealing to me again because of what we just said. Good player and really mean and nasty and can add a little something to the Vikings offensive line that I think they've been lacking the past few years. Um, so that is Jensen is certainly there, but he's going to have, he's going to have a lot of suitors. Uh, a couple of other potential guys. If you're looking at right guard, one thing you gotta is uh, somebody the Vikings scouting staff would know well would be James Daniels, right guard with the bears. He'd mm-hmm. come in as a bit of the center as well as a right guard. Uh, 
Pro Football Focus had him uh, had his uh, blocking ratings were pretty good last year, especially when he got settled into right guard. I'm surprised that the, the Bears haven't extended him uh, because he's young. He's I think he's uh, 24 years old. Would and, you like uh, to see he, his grades? I don't I have would. a picture of him, but I do have his grades. Right here, I put together this week, researching all of this, a spreadsheet using on the right-hand side in the gray, PFF's top 200. You can see where they rank. That's the top 200 of all free agents, includes all positions. So if you look at Brandon Sheriff, um, he's their number 18 on the board. And you could look over overall PFF grade is 73.6 pass blocking, which I have this chart sorted as 72.4 and run blocking 73.7. Anything above 70 is good. Once you get into the blue, you're outstanding. So you can look at this. This is my color coded chart to make things easy. On this chart, I have centers and guards. Now, on the left-hand side, I have it broken down by OTC's database of who's going to be free agents, and I have it sorted here, what team they are presently on, how much money they made APY under their last contract, and if you look time, besides the snap column, which tells you how often they played, if like you go down third from the bottom, you see Austin Blythe, he only played 1%. Obviously, something was wrong there, or above him, Matt Paredes, who played 49%, he probably got hurt, that shows you. Um, but in the column to the right of that, you have their age at the start of this upcoming season. So you know this who's, is a great chart. who's the old guys, who's the young guys, etc. Then we go over to the right of the PFF grades, and you see their projected contracts per PFF. And this is from their, uh, trying to remember his name, he's from OTC, came over to PFF. How much these guys most likely will be paid. And this is the average APR. Uh, it is not, you can figure, you can probably take 40% of that as a signing bonus type deal and then reduce the numbers there. Everybody knows who Brandon Scherf is. Um, they're expecting three years, $16.67 million a year. Yes, it would be nice. He's older. Now, you got to remember, linemen can play well into their mid-30s. So that's not, you know, a real big deal. And linemen don't come into their own until they're in the, usually into their mid to upper 20s. It takes a while to develop. So if you want to go young, first contract guys, some of these you see there. You wanted the one for the Bears you were talking about, James Daniels, right? Which yep. one were you? And if you look at him, he's only 25. He's got a pass uh, block grade of 68.3, which is not bad. Not bad at all. It's a lot better than the Vikings had on the right side, <laughs> and uh, he plays right guard, and he's got a better run grade over 70, and he's got a 71 overall grade, and something like that, and he, they expect a $10 million payment on average, would be outstanding. At 25, you give him a five-year deal. Boom, that takes you to 30. That position's solved, right? That's the easy way to yep. do this if they can free up the money space for it. There are a few people on this list I like. I was surprised at Connor Williams from the Cowboys. I doubt the Cowboys <laughs> let him go. Plus, he plays left guard. Um, I put scheme. Schemes aren't all correct. If I put gap, they play either gap or power is what they're good at. Um, the zone guys are what I put in there. Some I couldn't find out what sort of uh, scheme they're running. But if you can get green across the board, you're getting a great guard no matter what, or a great center. Your center for the Buccaneers, um, where is he? He should have been on the list. Ryan Jensen. 
Brian Jensen. Yeah, he's there. He's under Glowinski. Yep. Um, his pass blocking isn't as good, but look at that run blocking grade. Oh, my God. Right? But he's another high price guy. If you go for the younger yeah. guys, unless they're really, really good, they don't tend to be that expensive. Uh, for example, James Daniels of the Bears, uh, who we talked about. He's $10 million. No, that's expensive. Or go Austin Corbett of the Rams. Now, this is a big one, and I do have a picture of him. Um Austin Corbett, they're only anticipating that he's, uh, well, still, that's pretty expensive, 9.25 mil per year, four-year deal. But you, there are some relative bargains in there that are good. Now, I wouldn't get anybody on this list below a 60 on a pass blocking grade. So you can drop those guys. I wouldn't be interested. Mm -hmm. But you can look above and start seeing, hey, there are people here. So... We're going to mostly run a zone scheme, but we're going to run a little bit of everything. So if you've got a guy that's good across the board, he's generally good across the board for everything, and I want that. My number one choice on this is Connor Williams uh, because of his age and his price and that he is getting 76s across the board. But like I said, I don't think Dallas is going to get rid of him. Like, yeah, likely not. Uh, the uh, and uh, Williams was one of the guys that I was uh, surprised with too because uh, he took a lot of heat this year for all the holding penalties he <laughs> he'd been taking. But but when he wasn't holding guys, he was doing a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but uh, uh, as we know, when the, the flags get thrown and your name your number gets called, you often uh, take a lot of heat for that. But uh, yeah, we talked about Jensen. Uh, and talked about James Daniels. I think uh, you know a couple of other people that they're to keep an eye out on on for uh, as far just as far as availability mm -hmm. goes because that list there is who is a free scheduled to be a free agent right come scheduled. the league year uh, uh, or actually come I think Monday when uh, not, well not only Monday Monday guys I think is the deadline for uh, tags uh, franchise and the tags uh, maybe not all these guys will get get tagged but some of these guys will get resigned by their teams they won't right. hit the open market but uh particularly jensen and alex kappa right guard with the bucks as well as brian allen and austin corbett for the rams uh why i i'm highlighting those for a couple of reasons is uh you've got teams that have uh, they've got two guys who are going to hit the open market and mm -hmm. and draw significant interest i don't think the bucks and the rams can keep both particularly the, the Rams who have a pretty top-heavy expensive roster and it's going to probably get more expensive with winning the Super Bowl and having to mm -hmm. pay guys as, as a result. But uh, so I, Cap, either Capper or Jensen will be on the free market and either Allen or Corbett, I think, will be on the free market. Pro maybe not both, but one of them will, in which case uh, that gives the, the Vikings an opportunity to go after them. The Rams are the both Allen and Corbett uh, and I mentioned Corbett as a potential Vikings free agent uh, um, target in when we talked about the O line because the uh, the, <laughs> the the basically half of the the, the Sean McVay Rams uh, uh, coaching staff is now at the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell, uh, Wes Phillips, they know uh, Brian Allen and Austin Corbett, you know, all the way through. Uh, both of them are starters with those teams. And you see Allen's grades are for PFF are super, super, super good. Hell of a lot better than Garrett Bradbury's. Oh, yes. Uh, so I I think, you know, I we don't know what O'Connell feels about those two guys, uh, gentlemen, I, but he, I, I imagine he feels pretty good about them. I, I think you've got to keep an eye out for both of those as potentially at least one of them landing with the Vikings, especially if O'Connell feels and Kwesi Adolfo feel that, Wyatt Davis is not the answer at right guard for right the Vikings. Well, you got Corbett here. One thing about Corbett is if he brings Corbett in, Corbett knows the offense he wants to run. Right? Indeed. He will help the rest of the line in the transition to whatever that is um, grow. That's why you're not the first one on the network to do it. Um, Deshaun Vaughn brought up Corbett that 
very much keep an eye out for this kid because he may be a target because he has the knowledge of what is going on and that can help. Yeah, it, it interesting again. Interesting times for the Vikings offensive line. Uh, remember, it, it is a need. It's been a sore point for many, many years. Yeah. And, and in two thousand in two thousand seventeen, the Vikings went into the market and they got Mike Rammers and Riley Reef to shore up the tackle spots because we had no because two thousand sixteen was such a train wreck for the offensive line, and it probably cost the Vikings a, a trip to the playoffs. And uh, you know they they made they went to free agency to fix it. They they had no we had no options. We had let go of Matt Khalil. We had no options really in house to to start. So the, we spent big bucks on Rammers and Khalil. Are we going to do it again in two thousand twenty two? When I I think the offensive line is in better shape now than it was in two thousand seventeen, but yes. still when when you look at the vikings weakness on offensive line it's always the up it's always in the middle it's or it's been in the middle for the past 4 or 5 years the pressure happens up the middle guys uh, and and yeah uh, we we just don't seem to be stout enough mean enough tough enough in the right. interior on our offensive line to deal with it and we haven't been for a long time uh lauren you said Wyatt davis is still unknown i disagree with that he was known last year in the fact that he came in overweight, out of shape, and uh, couldn't bust the starting lineup even into the season playing just special teams roles. How much of that was the uh, pissing contest between Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer? We don't know. But the fact that uh, virtually all the beat reporters during training camp said he's, he's not getting it. He's not in shape. He's not close. He's not even there. Now, I argued with one of those beat reporters that's a good friend of mine that he should have been in shape within a couple months easily um, of that. You know, in the military, we go through rigorous stuff to get in shape. He should be able to get in shape just as easily. And he would say, no, he never did. They don't have time. I think that's bullshit. But um, Mm -hmm. he never cracked it. He had... He had reps on the special teams, but he was never good enough to crack it. Now, what I do like about Wyatt Davis is that this offseason, he has been down here in Dallas working specifically on his shape and his training and hooked up with a very good offensive line coach, and he's learning his job. He may have made a mistake, and now he's trying to rectify it. He's learning. That's a sign of maturity. You want that in your players. I hope that is the case because two-time All-American at Ohio State, um, he did some damage, especially his junior year. Watching this film on him, is it was enough to give you, you know, well excited and wanting some alone time. But the difference <laughs> between that and when he graduated and came in the NFL, there was a drop-off. And then, like we said before in the first segment, You don't know which guys are going to continue their growth or which guys are going to wash out. But last year, Wyatt Davis hurt himself. Hopefully this season he does not, and hopefully he comes in and becomes that dominant guy that scores in the 70s. Please, it makes it easy because he's a draft choice. He's under his rookie contract. That makes, you know, not spending money a lot easier, but we'll find out. All right, on to the next subject. Have you noticed up there in the top corner, there's a logo, Darren? I have noticed. What's that logo? I'm trying to wonder. It says Lake Monster, I believe. Yes, Lake Monster Brewing Company. Lake Monster Brewing Company and Climbing the Pocket joined together this week uh, to do joint sponsorships where we're going to grow together our brands. Lake Monster is in St. Paul, and it is a uh, microbrew house that serves some outstanding food, but their beer is even better. They've got some IPAs to die for, from what I'm being told. Everybody at Minneapolis is like, Dave, you got to try this. Dave, you got to try that. It's great. 
right? Their motto is 10,000 lakes and only one monster, right? It's rare and extraordinary. And we look forward to our partnership working together. We will be doing some live shows and part of the live draft show on the draft extravaganza from Lake Monster itself, the, uh, the brew house. So that should be fun. We'll have guys coming in. You'll come in for a little bit. We'll have four or five guys there at Lake Monster drinking and, you know, watching the draft and talking. They'll all be mic'd up and ready to go. And then we'll go on from there. But until then, um, Lake Monster and Climbing the Pocket has a giveaway for you. If you look up this tweet and see, follow Climbing the Pocket, follow Lake Monster Brew, their Twitter handle, like and retweet that post, and everybody that does that by March 9th will be in the drawing for, it'll be announced on Vikings Happy Hour of March 9th, for the Lake Monster Brew hat, which I could use, and a Lake Monster Brew sign, mini sign, right, which you see behind it. Those are some cool prizes. They're going to be even more in the future as we talk monster of the game, monster play of the game, right? And we talk monster fan, right, that can get into it. So now's your chance. Make sure you follow Climbing the Pocket, follow Lake Monster Brew. And this is easy. This is just Twitter. We're not even asking for the likes, subscribe, and ring the bell here on YouTube yet. That's just Twitter. And it puts you in the running for that cool-ass hat and sign. And that sign you know would look great in your man cave. I know for you, Darren, it would look great up there in the great white north. <laughs> yeah, just a yeah. Uh, note to Lake Monster Brewing. I also like beer. Oh, yes. Darren does like beer. Us old bloggers do like our beer. And we will. Hopefully, um, we may even bring you uh, one of the Climbing the Pocket shows with the Brewmaster as we talk beer and football together. We're working on that. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. Now into our final segment of the position groups. Which position group are we talking about today? We're talking about, we're getting down to the, the last ones, Dave. Dave, we're talking about the running backs today, the Vikings running backs. Uh, a position where I don't think we have a whole lot of, uh, what I should say, immediate need uh, yeah. at, at this point. And I don't, do not think that there's going to be much of any movement amongst the Vikings running backs position uh, in 2022. I really think that uh, what you saw in 2021, you're probably going to see in 2022, except for potentially C.J. Ham. But then after what Wes Phillips uh, or uh, you know what what O'Connell and Phillips were saying about the fullback position, then it you know who knows, but uh, they may use them. The, I was looking up they may use them before, and I don't think I have in a while. But I think if they cut them, I think they're only saving like five hundred thousand dollars. It's not a tremendous amount of money. Um, yeah, but they may trade him, try to get something you know a draft choice of some sort. Who knows? He may be packaged in a trade, as we discussed Wednesday with Judd Zolgad. Say if the Browns want to trade for Kirk Cousins, um, he may become part of that package trade where Cousins and Ham goes to Cleveland, and then when from Cleveland we get Mayfield as a bridge, and then draft choices. Who knows? But as of right now, he's on there, and the coaches are saying the right thing that they might actually use him. There are teams in the league that use a fullback. So it's it's not like there isn't a market. There, no, uh, there'd be more of a market for Dalvin Cook, obviously, and I, I have seen it thrown out there that, uh, that the Vikings uh, should consider trading the Cooker uh, who has uh, got a $12 million cap hit in 2022, which is fairly expensive. And then, as we talked about earlier, the Vikings have some uh, work to do to get under the cap. 
I don't really know. I don't really feel that that is going to happen, though. Uh, if you, you look at what the, the Vikings ownership said uh, about that when they hired Quasi Adolfo Mensa, we're, we're going to be, we feel we're going to be competitive this year. Uh, we expect to be competitive this year. When you listen to O'Connell talking about how excited he was when he got the job, and he said with the, the pieces that he had, particularly on offense, to work with, the strong roster, well, Dalvin Cook is, is depending on how you view it, is the, the Vikings' best offensive player, or second right. best, mm-hmm. behind Justin Jefferson. Behind Justin Jefferson. And, mm-hmm. and there is one of the top five running backs in the NFL – uh, we all love watching him play when he's healthy. Uh, that's one issue with him. But really, uh, I don't think the Vikings' um, offense, it, it's not the same without Cook in there. We know that. And I don't think that this new coaching staff, I don't feel, and the the the, the front office is, is ready to get rid of, uh, is ready to trade Cook now and, hand uh, the the Vikings running back, full running back duties over to somebody like Alexander Madison. Uh, I think that, I, I, you know, I, I, I like Madison just fine. He's solid. But you know what's going to – when he's in there, the home run threat is gone. He's not going to break off any really long runs. Uh, there has always been – you know, he doesn't have the same uh, vision to look – you know, getting into vision for seeing where the hole is and, and hitting it. Um, Solid guy, runs hard, tough runner, uh, can make that uh, one cut and go. But he's no Dalvin Cook, and I think that the the Vikings are going to keep both of those guys because uh, a uh, they want somebody they're they're comfortable with backing up Cook when he inevitably misses some games, and any a running back uh, who starting running backs in the NFL who get a ton of use. They miss games every mm-hmm. year. Like very few top running backs play the whole sixteen and now seventeen game season. It's an abusive spot. Mm-hmm. It's an abusive spot. So you need a, a you know a, a good backup, and then I think Madison is a good backup, not a great backup, but uh, the Vikings are going to roll with him in the same for year number four as as the backup. I think the the big job for O'Connell and the new running back coach Curtis Modkins is uh, what are they going to do with Wang Chung and coming up with a, a plan for Kenny Wongu. We know he's an awesome kick off returner. He might already be the best in the NFL, but coming out of Iowa state, he didn't get a lot of touches in his four years there. And the scouting reports on Wangu talked about how he wasn't a natural runner. Uh, that he didn't maybe didn't read his blocks all that well. And I think in the limited time we saw him use last year, that kind of looked, that kind of bore out as, as true to me. So I think yeah, he needs some, a lot of seasoning. Can some of that be coached? Uh, to me, reading oh, blocks yeah. can be coached. That's, that, yes, that's a reading absolutely. Thing. Whereas absolutely. the whole idea of having vision and having the breakout speed, you either got it or you don't. And, uh, he has it. Now, GA007 said earlier, <coughs> Draft Cook's brother. Mm. I don't know if you saw, um, I saw either a tweet or on Facebook, they overimposed Dalvin Cook and his little brother doing a 40-yard dash. And uh, Dalvin beats his brother, but it's only by half, this, you know, from about his ear back. That's it. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. guys are almost identical um, when it comes to speed and the 40. I haven't looked at Dalvin's little brother and how he did college football, but it's an interesting, interesting comparison. I, I did. I think it'd be too much of a story storybook uh, type tale for James Cook to get drafted by the Vikings. But I did watch, uh, I don't watch a lot of college football, but I did watch uh, Cook uh, play in in the semifinal and in the college football championship game. And I was really impressed with him. Uh, he, uh, and uh, particularly what I think what he would really, what he's really uh, good at is a, at as a, when you split him out as a wide receiver, um, you know, his Dalvin cooks, a very good wide receiver too, but James cook, you can send him down the field on like wide receiver routes and he will, and, and, and he will make plays. 
but and I think he, you know, he'd be, he's, he's, a, I don't know if he's a every down type back. I think he's more of a, a guy who is, can be part of a running back by committee or he's a third down change of pace guy, but uh, he's a talented cat for sure. But I, you know, I feel that the Vikings need to invest in Wangu as that. I do too. Guy. Yeah. Because and he's got, really, they, he's got stuff like, um, Cordero well, speed that yeah yeah that most players 98 percent of players in the NFL don't have and to be able to capitalize on that will win games at he, least a few of just so do that Please. he needs the coaching he needs to get coached up uh, more than he appeared to be getting last year and the we need the Vikings need to determine if he potentially can be the guy who steps in as the starter for you in 2023 when at that point Dalvin Cook is 28 years old, has been in the league for seven seasons, is getting more expensive. That's about the time where the Vikings Mm -hmm. – that would be – 2023 is about the time when you might be ready to cut loose Dalvin Cook and you need a replacement. And maybe Kenny Wongwu can – 2022 can get the coaching and get the usage to show that he can be the number one guy because like you said he's got the speed he can he's got that uncanny ability to to beat angles guys who's got angles to tackle him and and get and make a miss and run past them somehow uh and to get that kind of dynamic play making guy if he could be the number one running back that saves you from uh, you using valuable draft capital in 2023 or going into free agency to address your running back position. Because I think in 2022, we're not going to see a difference. Uh, we're not going to see much of a change in the Vikings running back um, who they've got at running back. I think the Vikings aren't going to draft any running backs in this draft. I think they'll take some guys as undrafted rookie free agents and try to find a Mike Boone kind of guy uh, that way, which you can often do. I don't know about um, Axel AJ, AJ Axel Rose. Uh, he did fine in the last year in the preseason. Until but he got hurt. I found he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I didn't find he was he was sudden enough. I didn't find that he was uh, quick and fast enough. I think if you're playing him a lot of snaps at the NFL level, his lack of quickness and a, and the ability to be elusive is, is going to show up. Uh, and he's he's not going to get you any more than than he can possibly get on a running play. Um, so. 2022 don't expect to see a whole lot of changes in the Vikings uh, running back uh, unit. Uh, Cook's going to be the starter. Madison will be the backup. Uh, And hopefully Wangu, Wang Chung um, develops an up and eats into some of Madison's playing time so that he can possibly transition into being the number one running back. I, I'm not convinced that that can happen. I wouldn't bet any money on it. I'm more kind of hoping that that happens and uh, and then, yeah, the, I guess the only question is, and it's not a big question in my mind, is C.J. Ham. Do the Vikings keep him and or not? And if they do, what is his role with with the team when the Rams didn't run a lot of uh, – didn't use the fullback at all a lot of times right. in 2021? But 2023 is, I think, when you're going to see the Vikings running back unit uh, there's going to be a lot of churn, a lot of change there, including potentially Dalvin Cook, who's who's exciting and one of oh, the best yeah. running backs the Vikings have ever had. But uh, and, and when you I get up to 28, coaches, when you listen to Kevin O'Connell talk, he's all giddy about having Dalvin Cook there. So it's I'm I can't wait to see what he does with Cook in the lineup. And how yep. his offense maximizes what he can do when it comes to scoring points, the whole object of the game, score more than the other guys, and being a super productive, you know, um, game plan. That's just, you know, and- we know it's going to be Jefferson, 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 you know, maybe Thielen, maybe KJ. But in between that, it's going to be Cook. Cook here, Cook there, Jefferson, 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 Cook. And, it's, and it, it should rock. I want, to see, I want to see the Vikings' average game scoring go up by at least a touchdown next season. 
We'll see if it happens. They're still in building mode. Hey, trust me, I don't think the Vikings are going to uh, do great and instantly become Super Bowl contenders after this year. I think we've got about two years on the build to go or the reset, especially on the defensive side. But I want to see that offense, because there's not that much change over there, step up that next level. And if we can get seven more points a game, we're going to be a top five offense and most definitely causing problems for the rest of the league. An extra seven points is a, is a is significant a jump. Ginormous jump. Yeah. I am asking a lot. I know that. You know, if we could say three points, that's good. Seven points yes. is ginormous. But I want that. I'm greedy. I'm sorry. I want the Vikings to win. I want the Vikings to score. I want them to be prolific. I want the Vikings to start a dynasty today that lasts for the next next decade. Amen. Skull, however <laughs> you want to say it. I'm in total agreement with the dynasty thing. So, with that, that brings us to the end of the show. First off, it I want does. to thank such great, uh, such a great CTP family that joins us every show to talk with us about the team, to share their views, um, to talk to each other, you know, checking up on each other. We miss Mary. I know Mary's going through some tough times right now. She will be back. She does watch. She does care about you guys. Trust me. Um, I want to thank Drew for coming over and watching and the great football talk on his show as well as ours. Uh, he's got a good show this week talking about wide receivers. Once you get past the beating the dead horse part, it is very good. Drew, you know what I'm talking about. And he'll laugh. Um, it's I, I just I appreciate you all so much. I just want to express that from my heart. I appreciate that we're growing with our uh, more stuff with uh, Score North and our new sponsor, Lake Monster. So, and Aaron, yes, 76 in Austin, Texas. Goal. Brother, I'm in Austin, Texas, too. And it's gorgeous today. Absolutely wonderful. What's it up there? Yellowknife, Darren. What's the present temperature, even in Celsius? Uh, it's only minus 9 Celsius today. <laughs> Brilliant sunshine. There's like snow is melting. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good for March the fifth here, right. actually. All right. With that, any last words? Um, I just uh, Jonathan Hart had, had a question about what, if special teams is going to be a subject, and it, yes, it will it'll be. Yes. It'll be the last positional group that we'll talk next week is quarterbacks, and the week after that is special teams. So Jonathan just wanted to mention that. And um, the only other thing is uh, want to talk about is, uh, again, like you were talking about earlier, we got like 11 days before things are going to start happening now. David, we've seen some teams releasing a few players. You've seen mm -hmm. talk about guys like Cole Beasley being allowed to pursue a trade. So the wheels are starting to turn for NFL teams on roster churn, roster changes and as we get 11 days into the new league year on March the 16th, and then the, the 14th starts the legal tampering period, the underwear Olympics are over as of uh, March, the, you know, uh, March the end of, yeah, March, the, uh, March the 7th, I think, uh, I believe. So uh, yeah. we are going to, uh, we're going to start finding out in short order uh, for the Vikings, some of those questions we've had about, who's staying, who's going, and if they're staying, at what price are they staying at? And right. uh, that, this, is, this is the – and now we'll, we'll start to get more of a clearer idea of what that vision is that Kwesi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell talked about in generalities at their pressers. We're going to start seeing actual concrete examples of, of what players they're looking for and what team the Vikings are going to have in 2022 and I couldn't be more excited about that. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. CY's talked about draft day trades. CY's the draft is end of April. Let's get through free agency first. Get things settled in a little bit 
and I guarantee you we're going to talk about possible trades up, down, sideways, any way we want so that the Vikings can go to that goal of building a better team in the image that they want to win the championship so we can carry that Lombardi home and have that. I'll come up to Minnesota for the parade. I have no problem with that. We want to see that. And what do we say, Darren? We say Skull Vikings and Skull Skull Lake Monster Brewing. That's right. (laughs) Lake Monster, we can't wait to taste your products. Here, they're fantastic. Thanks for joining us. And Skull Vikings, everybody. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on the favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.